Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Um, yeah, just sitting down watching a bit of NBA, mate. While I'm gonna um, have a chat to you and um, and the listeners out there, mate. Your voice sounds a bit croaky. Reminds me um, of a story my Irish mate told me once that um, when he had a croaky voice, he said to his mate, "What what should I drink? Warm water?" And he said, "No, drink cool water, Paddy." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll pay that one, mate. I'll pay that one. I've still got my sense of humour, mate. And yeah, you're a little don't, bit croaky. Don't swear on, a, on radio, at, Jamie. You've got to stop that. And had a pretty good, had a pretty good um, weekend away, mate. So, but um, I'm getting over it, and I reckon come tomorrow I'll be just about back to myself as then, Toby. Righty, let's get some tips away. I want to get the Braden Howard because it could be a very interesting discussion. Not sure what the Liza Storm is, but race two at Bernie on Friday night. Your first and your best is race two, number eight, Al Shakalaka. I think Liza Storm was the dam of four eight, to be honest, Toby. So it's a it's a pretty it's a race that's been around for a long time. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if Liza Storm had something to do with four eight, the Inter Dominion winner in South Australia going back a fair few years years ago. But Al Shakalaka looks to find the right race, um, being consistent, third, second, and deserves to break through. And this is a pretty weak race, so I reckon it can get the job done despite the second row. You are correct. Then we go over to, and you are then we correct. go over to race. Mother, yeah. mother of Thorate, so I'll give you uh, that one. You know, You've done well. I am a dictionary, I'm a dictionary mate. You know, I'm a dictionary. I, miss, um, I misheard when they said dictionary. I thought they said something else. <laughs> we go to race five, number nine, Justify. Just keeps getting the job done for us, Toby. Mm, I mm. can't believe it blew out to $5 last week. I marked it 2 and it won at $5. Um, this is a lot easier, but draws outside the second round of Bernie, which is not hard, but he can do work. And as long as he, as long as he gets up on speed, he'll be just too strong for him again. Um, we'll move over to race six, number three, Smooth Deal. Stand start, manners are important. He's got them. Uh, should be able to spear the leader from there. Nathan should be able to stack him up and, and dash home too quick for his rival. Probably around the $3 mark. Quaddy. We'll go Quaddy. First leg, 9 run out, justify. Second leg, 3, 5, 6, 9, 11. Third leg, 1, 3, 4, 11. Last leg, 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. $30 for 25%. Launceston on... Sunday night, they honour Shirley Martin and Doug Martin, who did a lot for the industry. Uh, and your first of your best bets comes up with number 13, Mickey O, which is interesting. And, and it'll flow on into our next chat with Braden, that is for sure. And yeah, no, Doug and Shirley Martin were synonymous with Royal Cessna Racing Club. And Doug actually was a big, um, a big influence on getting the tote That's up right. and running in Tasmania going way back. So, no, they're legends of the industry, mate. They've done a, a lot. Real, real lot, but born in WA, I reckon he was a WA Western Australian, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure where he was born, he was. but um, I did meet him once. But yeah, but um, but no, nah, it's great to see the Launceston Club, um, rec- you know, recognising they've been doing it for as long as I've been in the industry. So you know, that's how big of an impact they made. Um, the best, we'll go race six, number thirteen, Mickey O. Um, he blew the start last time, lost his chance, but his run was enormous. Um, he's a He's, you know, up there with the top couple of horses in the state. He'll overcome the 10 metres and he should be winning apart from if he blows the start too much. But um, I'm sure Matty Howell will have him right. He'll get him to step and he'll get around the breeze at some stage and through too tough for the drivers. And he will be winning at around about the $283 mark. Race nine, number three, Sneaky Peak, Mitch Ford. 
Yeah, I think Mitch is back over here now. He's he's left the Grimson Sale to come back and try and get a few horses and train a few of his own. He's you know he's been up there working with Jason, so he would have learnt a lot and finds the right race. He can do a bit of work, sneaky peak, so he'll he body his way to the top of the breeze and you know he'll give a great sight. You know, three fifty four dollar mark. Family reasons in the first. Don't tell me in the air tonight it's going to get beat again. Yeah, well, you know, I had a chance <laughs> last night, but Caller Betty was a good winner, and it's great to see for Matty Cooper, you know. He's had a great run with the Caller horses, and this is when he bred, bred by himself with his partner, Chantel, and um, she's definitely got a future Caller Betty. Um, but, yeah, poor old in the air tonight. I don't know when he's going to break through. He's running out of, she's running out of time. There's only a couple of weeks left to the end of the season, so... I'm not saying she can't win, but family reasons. Comes off a brave second behind Custom Harley. Brings the best form into the race. And just because of draw, we're going to get $4, I reckon, Toby. Could even be a little bit longer. But, and I think it can overcome it and, and win. Let's go, bro. He's talented, but sure, he, he just doesn't... He's, he's not the best pacer of all time. He's running very thin um, <laughs> on me. Um, I've tipped him a few times and I've, I've showed more patience with him than what I have a lot of other horses, but he just maps to get the right run. He's going to push through, probably set a one out, two back. As long as he comes at the five or six hundred metre mark, I reckon he's too good for his rival. So if that map works out, he should just about win. Race seven, number eight, Jackson Neptune. Yeah, George inside the second line. He, he seems to race better when he's up on up Outside the leader, up on speed, but he's going to get a soft run here, and he'll end up on the leader or three pegs. And as long as he has clear running from the the four hundred, he's going to take plenty of holding out around the ten or twelve dollar mark. And a quaddy, uh, quaddy, where are we going? First leg four, eight, nine, and eleven. Second leg thirteen, one out, Mickey O. Third leg one, five, six, and eight. Last leg six, seven, and nine, and twelve. $32 to give us 50%. We'll just have a bit of insurance just in case Mickey O ain't on his best behaviour early. Mm. Um, we'll go 4, 8, 9, 11. Second leg, 2, 4, 10 and 12. Third leg, 1, 5, 6 and 8. Last leg, 6, 7, 9 and 12. $64 to give us 25%. Very well done. Text in here from Jimmy uh, in South Australia. Said have a drink of water, Jamie, during the break. And we'll come back with Braden Howard on the other side. Cheers, bud. Welcome back to Trot's Life. We are in our Taz Racing segment with Jamie Cockshut and Braden Howlett has joined us. Braden, how are you, mate? And whereabouts are you today? Uh, good, thanks, Toby. Uh, just got home. I've just knocked off to the year for work, so in a fairly decent mood. Oh, very good, very good. I'm glad you're in a good mood because I'm going to take you to task on some things. Nah, I'm only staring, mate. Uh, t- just a bit quickly on your background in the sport. Um, yeah, obviously, I've got the old man who um, trains the horses and the two brothers, Justin and Matthew, with the sister Eliza who helps. And, um, yeah, these days, Matthew does most of the driving, but he's still fairly heavily involved with the training side of things. Now, you put a, you put a tweet out, which I responded to, about the Danbury Park Cup that Mickey O drew 10 metres. And I think, first and foremost, mate, I love the stand-start conditions that you run your feature races in, in Tasmania because it just allows local horses to win races and the mainland raiders aren't necessarily just coming over and picking the eyes out of them. That's probably the first and foremost point that I want to touch on with you and I'm sure you're very supportive of that fact. Yeah, no, I have no issue with the start. I think, you know, it's something that's important, especially in the smaller states where we don't have those 
you know, one, two or three different grades of free-for-all horses where you can place mm. them. And, you know, there's definitely a place for them. And even though Nicky didn't go away in his last stand start, you know, that's, that's just part and parcel of the game. And um, we'll have to try and change some things around to improve that. So you think he should have started off the front? Is that what you're saying in your tweet? Or do you think, like, say, a horse like Sunny Sands who's won an Easter Cup and a Devonport Cup probably should have been off 20 metres? Or what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I said, I've, I've spoke to the handicapper and, you know, I've, I've good respect for him and, you know, he's been in the game a long time. And I think the more the issue is, it's one one person's opinion is mm. dictating how races have been handicapped. And there's no guidelines. Um and I think the biggest point there, and I, we shouldn't be comparing other horses, but, you know, it should be as simple as that, you know, facing Nicky, Nicky O, for example, um, this, in the last 12 months, he's won a 60 to 70, a 70 to 79, and two starts ago, he won a conditioned handicap, which was for 80 plus. I'm mentioning condition because discretionary handicaps are different. So a horse that's won, had two attempts in a free-for-all class, is all of a sudden standing next to a horse that's won our two, two of our three major races in the last 12 months. This doesn't really quite add up. And I don't know, I, what, probably a question for you, Toby. What do you think the, the whole aim of discretionary handicaps is for? To create an even finish. Is that so? And then the next question is how do we define what they go off? Well, that, that's at the discretion of the handicapper. I know that, that sounds like a terrible answer, but... Yeah, I, that's, there's no answer, is there? No, because, and it's so hard because on what you've said, Captain Ravishing's never won a free-for-all, so he'd start off the front. So would the Lost Storm, so would Hot Deal. So if they came over for this race and Captain Ravishing was off the front, I'd be, we'd be all saying, this is ridiculous. Well, and that's the question. And so do we take into consideration... Um, their free-for-all record? Do we take in consideration their overall record? Do we consider their potential and how good they're going to be? Or should we be going off what their actual rating is? Um, so there's no there's no specific guidelines. And, and it's not, Nicky's not the first one that it's happened to. It's happened to numerous horses before. But I thought the whole point of having discretionary handicaps is for horses that have just hit their free-for-all mark they don't have to race in mobile to take on, say, a rack up Tiger Pie or Hard Jeep when he was racing or someone sends one over. But it's so he can have a bit of a um, handicap on those horses that have won their 5, 10, 15 free-for-all races the past two or three years um, to try and help those horses get into that free-for-all class and make it a bit easier for them so we're not having to ship them away to the state, which is you know what's happened. And I don't think the current system has probably helped that either. I don't disagree with you, <laughs> just just yeah. for the for the record. Yeah. Ja- Jamie's here, and I'm I'm just letting him listen in. And as you would know, Braden, ja- Jamie's probably sailed this ship a few times. And Coolwater Paddy's in the race, and this would have happened to Coolwater Paddy when he won all those races in a row, Jamie. And then interestingly enough, I suppose he's on the other side of the bell curve now, and he's back to a ten meter mark when. Really, on what he's done in the past, he could probably start off 30 here. What are your thoughts, Jamie? Oh, I've been through this braid a hundred times over the years. But, um, no, I, I agree. Like, oh, my honest opinion, Mickey O should have got 10 metres, but Sonny Sands should have got 20. Yep. Um, that's my honest opinion of this race. It's all there is to it. Um, but, yeah, Carl Coolwater Pad had his first start in a free-for-all stand start, and he got 10 metres at his first attempt because... 
of his form leading in it. And realistically, your first start in a discretionary, by all my experience, you get the front. And if you win one, you go back 10 metres. Well, you win two, you go back 20 and all that. That's how it's been. But like Braden's right, there's no set real guidelines. And it's up to the discretionary powers, the handicapper. But I've made that many complaints. And I reckon nine times out of 10, the handicapper's got it right. And I think he'll have it right again this week because Mickey R will be winning race six. So, um, it's tough. It is tough, mate. It is. But, you know, like you said, um, you could bring Captain Ravishing over. You know, that's, you know, if he was in that race, he'd get 40 metres. As simple as that. That's how the handicapper would put him. You know, that's what they would handicap him. So, Braden, is the solution to list out all these races, right? And if you've won however many of these races you've won in the last two years, you get 10 metres for. Does that make sense? So then here, here's a list of our feature cup standard races, whatever they are, the Danbury Cups, the Devonports. And for every one of those you've won in the last two years, you get 10 metres. Would that is that what you mean by a guideline as such? I think the more simpler way is, say, for the Golden Apple, which um, you won the heat of for the final, the 80 to 85 horses was on the front, the 85 to 90 was off 10, 90 to 100 was off 20, and then 100 plus was off 30. Yeah. And that doesn't happen very often. Um, so maybe that's something going forward that um, with programming that they should maybe try and implement because, I don't know, I just, even with the all by myself mayor who won that first race, she's won a first free-for-all race, I just feel you've just come into a free-for-all company. You, you should be able to at least win two or three races before you cop a penalty, whether it's in a mobile or a stand, just to try and, you know, that, that hard part. I know I said Sunny Sands or even, I know you mentioned Jimmy the Irishman's only won 100,000 and he's won 150, but yeah, yeah. I think one, he won three out of four free-for-alls in a row before he cop 10 metres. And I, I just feel, and this is the opinion of the old man as well, who... I wasn't going to let him come on the show because he might have got a bit angry. But <laughs> um, there, there's, there's handicapping one potential. And the, the, the record says the last 12 months, he's won a 60 to 70, a 70 to 79, and a conditioned handicap rate, which could be quite, which is no different to a 60 plus, a 70 plus, and in this case, an 80 plus. So it's just maybe looking at the record and the stats instead of just maybe looking at potential and what you think. Righto, we want all the horses coming across the line at the same, um, at the exact same time. But I don't think that's how it has to be um, judged sometimes. And the issue here is, and Rowley Major is a good example of this also. Like he won, you know, he was probably the best horse down here in the last, I don't know, since I've been around. Um, but he, even in discretionary handicaps, like he never really went any further than 30 metres. And the issue is when you only putting horses off the front 10, 20, and like a really good horse like the Rolling Major who won everything for a good couple of years off 30, maybe the answer is, you know, if that's the case, if you had them back to 50 metres, then you would be able to do it. Like, you know, Mickey, he, the issue is, he's gone, it's like you've, hit, you've won your C5, you've won your C5 race if you won your C3 roll, you want a race and you're going back 10 metres and you're hitting a class, when really that shouldn't be the case in 3 or 4 companies. I think you've touched on it, that, and it and it depends on what you believe discretionary to be, and that was your first question to me, I think. And for me, the handicapper is trying to have an as close as he can to an even finish, 
But yeah. from yep. from the participant angle, uh, you, you are correct, and I do not disagree with you. A horse should win a couple of these races before he goes back 10 metres and then a couple till he goes back 20, a couple till he goes back 30. I wouldn't go much further than that in the modern era because they're just getting possible for yeah. Riley Major and he wouldn't yeah. be no point him staying in Tassie. we want those horses to stay there, and that's also what you're getting at. And that's like the case with um, like the magician. I know he before he went over to New South Wales, um, he went into, into some fan starts. He won one of them, and then yeah, he did get put off ten metres. Um, so that's the same case as Mickey, and he was in that ninety to hundred range. So you know, it, it, I said Mickey's not the first horse to cop it, but maybe when we hit free fall company, we should be basing it off what they've done in the free for all range, not their record in the past. So we're talking Nicky had been racing for three seasons before he went to New South Wales. He had 15 starts because there was no... He could only go in feature races. Mm. When, to be honest, these days, I'd much rather a money done with you or go as a dancer who can race every two weeks and we can go to the track and have some fun and get owners involved. It's just a, a bit of a penalty on the good horses. Yes, prize money's good, but most of the time you're there for the enjoyment of it. Jamie? No, don't get me wrong. I, I understand where brains coming from, yeah, Toby. Yeah, yeah. Like I've had a lot of horses similar to Mickey O get the free for all grade, and you know it's hard to go on when you get handicapped out of it. But you know I also understand the other side of the thing. Um, once you get to a certain level, you you know, and you're proven, the horses that are coming through do need that little bit of an advantage. But like it's a tough one, mate. It's a million dollar question. Everybody have different opinions on it. Um. But I feel for Braden because it's happened to me plenty of times. It's happened to a lot of our owners plenty of times. You know, it's just um, it's just a, a tricky one. Like you can have the condition handicap. I reckon that's the best way to do it. Ratings from like eighty to ninety, the front, you know, and all that. But um, you know, that's one way to do it. But it also could limit um the amount of races that they can run in. You know, running and and all that sort of stuff. And it can also open it up for a, a you know just so we had the Easter Cup condition handicap. You know, like you just mentioned, a horse called the Lost Storm with rating eighty or ninety. He could come over here and oh, just an blow him away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, a good horse. It's a tough one, and I'm sure everybody would sit around the table and discuss it heatingly, if you understand. Because um, I don't think there's a, a simple answer to it, sadly. And um, I've been going for it for twenty years, but John Braden, we just, I'm telling you, mate, I've made a lot of complaints and. Sadly, the handicap has all, always been right when I've complained we all should have got this and should have got that. <laughs> and let's just hope Sunday night um, the handicap is right again and uh, Mickey O can stamp his authority on it and, and get the job done as easy as I think he will, mate. Um, but, yeah, that's just my take. It's a tough one, mate, and I can see where Braden's coming from 100%, mate, because I've, I've done it for years over the years, Toby, the same sort of questions Yeah, and frustrations and frustrations. Our concern there, Davey, is like we've got um, like the Derby Park Cup, it's just a name, it's discretionary handicap, but we've got the Devonport Cup, a discretionary coming up in a month, and the Easter Cup coming up at Easter time, discretionary, I think it is. Are we going to cop 10 metres in two of our three biggest races because we won one free for all condition heat? That's the question I had for the handicapper. Obviously, he didn't want to answer that and he's kind of said well it depends what other horses are in the field but if we're copping 10 metres in this discretionary well, there's no reason to say we're not going to cop another 10 metres in those races so 
No, we, you, no, you. We've only got forty-five you, seconds till yeah, we go. Yeah, I'll quickly say, I, I, if he wins this week, I, my my prognosis would be he'd get ten metres in the Devonport Cup. And if he won the Devonport Cup, he probably would get twenty metres in the Easter Cup. If he didn't win the Devonport Cup, he'd get ten. If it, that's if he wins this week, it's all about him winning this week. But if he doesn't win this week, he'd more than likely get the front mate, I reckon. But your your point's well made, Braden. That he hasn't won any of those sort of races in a sense. So how does he not start off the front when he's never won one? We've got twenty seconds, so we've got to go. But Braden, thanks so much, mate. Very respectfully and very well spoken. No, thanks, David. Damian. There's Braden Howard, Jamie Cockshut. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. That's our Taz Racing segment. Great discussion. Thanks to both those gentlemen. A break.